Sounds good. It's playoff time in Nashville. This is Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. Yes, we can say that, even if it's a sweep, even if it's a gentleman's sweep. We can say that it is playoff time in Smashville, and we're ready for it, and we're here for you. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Kyle Perkins and Rich Howe joining me tonight. How are you guys doing? I'm fine. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, I'm doing yeah. pretty good, even though it seems like the, the Leafs have already won the Cup in the first round, in the first game. Um, if you, you don't pay dudes, attention to the Bird app anyway. Give those dudes their props. They are rolling the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Oh, uh, Rich, you got that smirk on your face because you hate the Tampa Bay Lightning so much. I know why you're smirking over there. Yeah, well, it's been a really good game. <laughs> it's been a uh, great game. It's game one. It's game one. Doesn't matter. I'm sure Tampa good. will respond, but they are I'm sure they crushed. will. This, but this uh, Hurricanes-Bruins game has been a really oh, good man. game. Uh, yeah, there was just, there's been some. Uh, it's been a good one. Lots of uh, pushing back and forth and all sorts of good stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking for that definitely one to ramp up. The, definitely the top fight on the card, quote unquote, of the night is definitely going to be uh, Minnesota St. Louis. I mean, uh, I am all about that's that. That's going to be a good one. Yes. Sure. I cannot wait to see how that game goes. Full star studded players. Full of interest if you're a Preds fan because they're in our division. We know all about both of those teams. Uh, sign me up for that. Let's see how it goes. But this is episode 126 of Catfish Nice with Chad Minton, Kyle Perkins, and Rich Howe, your host. We are excited yes. to bring some playoff hockey talk to you tonight as mm. our beloved National Predators are also in the playoffs. And we are going to dish out some bold predictions Yep. For this series, we're going to dish out some hot takes, some bold predictions, some things that we think might happen. And I've got some good questions to ask here. Rich has some too. Yep. We're going to put it out there. See what happens. Yep. Kyle, how are you feeling about this series right now? I'm like the 1% in the entire country that is cautiously optimistic oh good that's good one percent is maybe generous (laughs) (laughs) i mean it seems like we've had the abs number this year Mm -hmm. in the regular season um won a lot of strange games with them Um, but that said it seems like nashville always comes to play when they're playing colorado um because they, every game they've played this year, it's like, oh, Colorado's going to beat the brakes off of them. Colorado's going to beat the brakes off of them. And they've yet to do it. Uh, somehow Nashville's found a way. I don't think Colorado's still not built for the playoffs. Um, oh, that's good. a good uh, observation. Yeah, for sure. That I'm not saying Nashville's going to win the series. But Nashville is going to do to Colorado what they did to Carolina last year, and they will be the rock that breaks them, and then the next team that gets them is probably going to roll. Uh, all right. Ah, yeah. I like it. So, I like it. Well, 
So we've got a lot of teams like that in this playoffs, gentlemen. I mean, we, I mean, if you're thinking about teams who we're like, okay, it's time to put up or shut this year. You think about Colorado. You think about a team like the Florida Panthers. You're thinking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I'm sorry, I got dogs crawling around the floors behind me. So if you hear tapping, I'm so sorry. It's the life of a dog owner. I'm sorry. But I'm anyway, disregard that. But um, yeah, think about teams like that. You've got like multiple teams in this in these playoffs who sure. are like, it's time to put up or shut up. Edmonton Oilers, I would throw them in there. Like Bay Lightning, yes, they've won back to back, but everyone's watching them. Like, can you three peat? Can you do it? So yeah, it's like you got so many teams where like, yeah, you're wet, you're you're ready to win a Stanley Cup this year. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Nashville Predators are going up going up against one of those teams. Uh, so yeah. Kyle makes a good point. It's like, can the Predators at the very least make this a grueling, exciting series where they kind of wear Colorado down, force them to play the, the style that we like to play? Absolutely. Which is uh, not always pretty, as we all know. And not let Colorado get in in this um, comfortable fashion where they like to just skate freely Here's what really worries me about this series is the counterattacks because Colorado's yeah. speed is going to burn us. You're going to see Yossi out there pushing the pace like he does. You're going to see Forsberg crashing the net. You're going to see Tanner Janot crashing the net. You're going to see all that stuff that the Preds usually score goals on. But when that doesn't work and when that doesn't happen, do we have the fortitude to hold off Colorado's counterattacks. That's what scares me. That is – yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, I think, like you said, if the Predators can um, play their game and just um, rough up the, the avalanche a little bit, I don't think they like that. I don't think they're used to it. Um, I think that will give them a little bit of help if they can do that. And then, like you said, just stop the counterattacks. That's the – that's the main thing for sure. Yeah. Once Nathan McKinnon gets that turn on you, you better uh-huh. be a bad man to stop what's coming at you. Yeah, they're fast. Um, He's fast. And you think about Yossi. Yossi commits to charging the net a lot. And he's typically paired with Fabro. I don't think Fabro is a good enough defenseman to stop that. Yeah. Personally. I I still would rather see Carrier with Yossi, uh, just to help. Yeah. I can get on board with that. I can get I can on board with that. Because if you think about it, uh, Matias Ekholm, he's not coming a whole lot farther in than the blue line. <laughs> um, nope. It's just it's how Matias operates. Very rarely, very rarely. We we don't call him Yeeter Supreme for nothing. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> Yeet it but, from the blue line. But I believe Carrier is a little bit more sound, could handle that rush coming the other way better than Fabro could. Uh, I like that. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, but like you say, once the once they get that train rolling, there's not a lot you're going to do to stop it. And quite frankly, with the goaltending that we have now, I don't know that it's there to stop it either. Um, <laughs> yeah. And not hating on either of them guys, 
but neither of them are UC Soros. Uh, I've tried to explain this to a few people at work um, who don't watch hockey. It's like, they're like, well, <laughs> good luck. They're like, what's this? Great choir. Why are you? It's just a goalie. I said, okay, think football. Mm-hmm. Think the last Saturday, uh, last game before the playoffs, and Tom Brady like throws his shoulder out. I said that is the equivalent of what happened to UC Soros because absolutely. Hold on, n- hey, I got so you just described telling your work your coworkers about uh, the NHL playoffs and all this stuff. Um, uh, God bless her soul. Maya boss. She's an amazing woman. She's so smart, but she does not watch hockey and she could give two craps about it. And that's okay. She's very intelligent and she knows a lot of other things, but um, I was trying to tell her, Hey, next weekend we got the Preds coming in town for a home hockey playoff game. We got to be ready for it. We got to staff up. And she goes, the NFL hockey playoffs are coming here this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's and you awesome. know what I did? I just nodded my head and I go, yes. Yes, yep. they're coming. Yes. The NFL playoffs and, and are coming. The NFL hockey playoffs are coming. And and uh she she's gonna do what she does and she's gonna run the run run our place and she's gonna be a great person at that. But uh the there are some people out there who don't give two craps about what we care about, and that's what I got out of that. But um, yeah, so um NFL oh, hockey playoffs. Let's get ready for it. Those are just people you don't need in your life. Nah, I oh, mean, she's a good I'm person. Just, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> totally Several joking. people were like, well, don't y'all just have another guy on the bench? I said, yes, but there's there's another guy on the bench, but th- it doesn't – that's like having two franchise quarterbacks on the same team. It just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And they're like, well, what if somebody gets hurt during the game? I said, you have one extra goalie, and that's it. No, like, you got yeah. the, got the yes. emergency one. You got to explain the emergency one, though. Who's our emergency goaltender? Like, we better figure that know. part out quick. I don't know. I'm not sure. All right. Um, Never all right. Know. So, good stuff there. All right. We're going to get more into this. Again, this is episode 126 of Catfish and Ice. Chad Minton, Rich Howe, Kyle Perkins, your host tonight. The full crew is with you. On That's this right. playoff first round eve of the Preds uh, going up against the Colorado Avalanche, their eighth straight playoff appearance. It's kind of become a little bit expected that they're always in the playoffs and they're always in this position. That's why a lot of Preds fans, and I, I you know, I wrote an article about this like a couple weeks ago. Um, it's like it's not as exciting as it used to be to make the yeah. playoffs. It just, it's just not. Even even in a season like this, where almost nobody gave them a decent chance of even making the playoffs, it still doesn't feel the same as it used to. But guess what? Winning changes everything. If this team yep. can figure out a way to upset the Colorado Avalanche, all those naysayers are going to come out in droves, and they're going to all of a sudden be like, we want the cup, and we believe in this team. Just wait <laughs> for them. Yeah, oh, you know that's going to happen. But you got to look at it. You got to look at the half cup, half uh, half empty, half full scenario. Yeah, they go. They, it's been eight years. They they haven't had much success, but there's 16 other teams sitting at home doing nothing right now. So that's it. Feels really. It feels a lot like 2017, gentlemen. I yeah, mean, I'm telling you, like 
everyone went into that 2017 first round, and a lot of people have brought this up on Preds Twitter. Uh, and it's like, I mean, going into that Chicago series, no one gave mm-hmm. this team a chance. Nope. I mean, the Blackhawks were still a dynasty at that point, and the 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 uh, Preds had a season finale against Winnipeg that was a complete disaster, much like they did against Arizona. Arizona. And, I mean, they proved everyone wrong. I mean, they did. I mean, they mm-hmm. not only did they do that, but they swept the Chicago Blackhawks. We, we don't need a sweep. All we nope. want you to do is, like, prove us wrong. Like, yep. all, all the experts right now are predicting um, a sweep right now of the Preds by the Colorado Avalanche. Maybe it goes five. I've seen a few predictions saying it might go six. That's the best I've seen. I haven't seen anybody predict the Preds to win this series. Yeah. Um, hey. You'll be hard-pressed to find that. <clears throat> even yep. even with UC Saros, it seemed like a little bit of a tall task. But, um, yeah. yeah, like you said, stranger things happen. You never know. You never know. Yeah, what it happens. Happen. All, uh, 2019, when the Columbus Blue Jackets – Swept the Tampa Bay Lightning right. in the first round. They stole the Preds Thunder from 2017 and uh, said, hey, Preds, we'll raise you on your sweep and we'll sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. That's what the Blue Jackets did before the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning proceeded to uh, go back-to-back after that. So That's right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so other things we have to get into tonight. Um, we're going to also – I want to address Ryan Johansson – a player mm-hmm. that I've been very highly critical of personally. And I'm always going to call myself out when I've been critical of a player in the past and that player proves me wrong. And that player is Ryan Johansson for me. And he has had a great year. He really has. He's been overshadowed and overlooked because of all the other individual milestones on this team. If Matt Duchesne's not having the season he's having, if Roman Yossi's not having a historically great season – if Tanner Janot is not doing what he's doing in the Calder Trophy rookie race, if all these things aren't happening, we're talking about Ryan Johansson and, and the numbers he's put up. <clears throat> and I looked at it today and I'm like, wow, this guy's mm-hmm. had a really great season and we're just not talking about it enough. Do you guys yeah. kind of see where I'm coming from on that? Or mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I actually read your, your Predlines article. It's great. Um, you, you mentioned the fact that both Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson were not protected in the draft, in the expansion draft. Uh, nobody wanted either one of them to be here this year. And, um, yeah, they've proved everybody wrong. And, and even Johansson has quieted the naysayers with his uh, the way he's played this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been refreshing to see after the past few seasons that he's had. I mean, Johansson's still playing his pass first game, but he's got 26 goals. That's mm-hmm. a that's a monster season for Johansson. Yeah, for him. Especially, definitely for him. Especially yeah, definitely with for this him. style of play, that's yeah. just – he's yeah. the setup guy. He's always been that, mm-hmm. always will be that. That just goes to show you what – it's crazy the amount of production the team has gotten and where they're at. Mm-hmm. It just I know, right? Make sense. And they're and they're still just a wild card team. But um, we're gonna dive into more into that with Ryan Johansson. We're just kind of letting you know what we're getting into. 
And then we mm. will close out this episode. If you're listening to the audio version right now, we joined Tell It As It Is podcast, a uh, fellow podcast on Hockey Podcast mm. Network, uh, ran by Griffin and Christian, who covers the Colorado Avalanche. Griffin's been on our podcast before. We did a full preview crossover style with the Tell It As It Is podcast. It was a really good meetup mm-hmm. with them. And we are going to put that at the end of this episode. You're going to have to go download the episode later tonight or tomorrow morning. If you're a late night bird, you might be able to stay up late and record and uh, download it. But it will definitely be available for you tomorrow morning. If you're listening to it right now, then no worries. Just keep listening. It will um, be at the end of this episode. But that's what we got. We're also going to end this episode with the uh, fun things on the interwebs we like to do every now and then to end the episode on a really fun and happy and positive note. And I've got some good things I've come across, uh, both hockey-related, mostly hockey-related this week, a lot of the fun things I came across that I think the guys will like a lot. So we'll end the episode with that. So let's get into some bold predictions, gentlemen. Not just predicting the series, because we've already kind of done that. Let's go ahead and be full disclosure real quick. And remind everybody, if they didn't listen to the last episode, um, what me and Rich predicted on the series. And then we'll get Kyle's prediction because he wasn't on that episode and we want to get Kyle's prediction on the series. But I'll go ahead and tell everybody, being totally honest, I'm a naysayer, I'm a critic, I'm a Debbie Downer. Call me whatever you want. I'm calling abs in five here. And it's mainly because Soros is not in net. If Soros is in net, I, I would be tempted to go – Avs in six or maybe Avs even in seven, I would still pick Avs to win this series. I just think they're a more deep team. I think it's a bad matchup. The Preds drew one of the worst matchups they could have drawn in the first round out of all the Western Conference playoff teams. They just don't match up well with this team, in my opinion. So I'm going Avs in five because I just do not trust not having Soros in net. Uh, Rich, remind everybody what you predicted. And then we'll go. I, I said the same thing, abs in five. And uh, with Soros, I would probably go six abs, abs in six. But um, I hope they prove me wrong. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Just them just suck it up and prove all these people wrong would be amazing. But like you, and, I'm a including us, well, <laughs> including us, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, yeah, I'm going to go abs in five. Let's hear, let's hear Kyle's prediction here. I'm going to say abs probably because we're going to be realistic, but I'm going to say it goes seven. Oh, Oh. I love it. All right. I I think they make it difficult. Uh, You know, this this team, whenever they've played a good team this year, they've played up to them. So let's hope they can do it a few more times. I don't want to get swept. I want it to be a hard series. I want them to play their style of hockey. And as long as they go out playing their style of hockey and they get beat not trying to be something they're not, I'm okay with it. That's a that's a really good point because we've talked about it numerous times how when they play a fast skating team, that's what they try to do is be a fast skating team, and that's just not their game. If they can just do their thing and – and go with it. And and uh, Kyle, you are right about that. They they do tend to play up to their competition, and they all also play down to their competition. And that is a lo- argument that a lot of the people are bringing to the table 
in terms of, okay, this is not going to be a sweep or a five-game series like me and Rich are predicting. No, it's going to go farther. And a lot of people are are alluding to that uh, fact that the Preds do tend to play up to their competition. And they did play very well against the Avs in the season series. Mm -hmm. But the problem is um, a lot of those games had really weird storylines involved in those. We know about the COVID COVID game where both teams were decimated with COVID problems. Um, and then we – I mean, I can't take a lot of stock into the second-to-last game of the regular season just last week. I mean, I know it was a thrilling comeback win, and, and it was exciting for Preds fans and stuff. But, um, I mean, how, how much were the abs really engaged in that game? And I can just give you a little bit of a snippet into um, – our conversation with Teledavs at his podcast, and they they had the they had the belief that you know what I mean. This team, the Avs, take it for what it for what you will, but the, they said that the Avs weren't really fully engaged in that game. Um, mm, so know. you know, yeah, looks like they were trying off hard to me. But. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. to give you a preview of the preview, I didn't say any much when that. When they were saying that, because I didn't fully they did agree, say that it's though. all good. They did, they did. They felt that they were not, that they were just kind of cruising. Eh, I'm not sure, not so sure. But S- stick around for that conversation, though. Yep. It was still a good conversation. Um, but we'll see. All the chips yep. are on the table now. I mean, I mean, first of all, guys, did you guys catch the game of the season? I could not sleep for it. I stayed up all night over it. The Kraken and the Jets played the season finale <laughs> of the 2021-22 season. I I actually had a watch party at my house. I oh, wow. uh, I I created invitations. I I grilled out. I made um, all these snacks. I oh, uh, had all these fun. Had all these lawn games lined up for people to play, and shockingly, nobody showed up. So I so here, Kyle. I have a picture of Chad in his room with his bobblehead and his dogs, and that's the party. What? He's like, yeah, he's like, that's that's that, like, you know, no one. You know, no. Kyle has a Kyle has Kyle's got a daughter. He knows like daughters when they do things, they take all their dolls when they're having a party. Oh yeah, and line them up. Yeah, that's Chad. He's got his bobblehead and his mm-hmm. his uh, dogs. Nobody nobody dogs. showed up for nobody showed up for my end of NHL season watch party. Kraken versus Jets. Nobody showed up for it. Wow. I was shocked. Did the yeah. team show up for it? I mean, they <laughs> have it all year. So, yeah, I for don't real. Know. That, I mean, <coughs> where was it I, at? Was it in Winnipeg or in Seattle? Do you know? know? Do you even know? <laughs> I don't Hold even on, know who I'll won. If it's, if it was in it was Seattle, so weird I would that they had, say people it was probably so win. weird they had this random ass. Regular season finale, like on a Sunday at one o'clock in the afternoon, I think. But you know, I mean, that, I was trying that, to, that, I was trying to plant cornhole. Like we were going to play some cornhole. <laughs> we were going to uh, have some prop bets on who would score first. Think, like, but nobody I showed up. Nobody cared. I think that's very telling of where the NHL thought the Kraken might wind up <laughs> this season. Or was that a replacement worked game out from like some shutdown games? It might have been. It a probably game. was. It had to have been. It probably was. Yeah. Fair Too to funny. say. As I like to say, scalpers night off. Nobody's. <laughs> that was literally the scalpers night off, Rich. That was literally unless it's in Seattle. 
I would say probably if it was in Seattle, everybody went because those tickets are expensive and they're like, I'm not going to waste my money and not go. I will say though, the Seattle Kraken are a more likable expansion team than the Vegas Golden Knights will ever dream to be. Absolutely, sir. Uh, okay. I'll just leave it at that. The game was in Winnipeg, and <laughs> everybody hates everybody from Vegas except the goalies. That's true. That is a good point. Yes, everybody liked Marc-Andre Fleury, and everybody likes Robin Leonard. That is absolutely and, true. And the young kid that they've had playing for Leonard. He's a very likable guy too. The Thompson boy, yep. he's very. Likeable. I like Mark Stone. I like Mark Stone. I'm sorry, but I'm weird. But I like Mark Stone. I appreciate his game. Yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad <clears throat> player, but I'm not going to go so far as saying I like him. It was fun to see him fail, though. It was very fun. To see <laughs> yeah, I had a meme made for that, and I didn't <laughs> post it, and it's too late now, and it makes me sad. Well, it's okay. You'll make up for it. You always do. All right, let's get into our bold predictions. We got some bold predictions we're going to dish out here for episode 126 of Catfish and Ice, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network, as we are the night before the first game for the Preds against the Colorado Avalanche, the first game before they shock the world and upset the the Colorado Avalanche. That's how I'm framing it. They're going to shock the world. Just like they did in 2017. 2017 was not that long ago. They can do mm-hmm. it again. All right. All right. So all here's right, our first bold prediction. I'm going to throw it out there and I'm gonna, we're going to all answer this. All right. Here's my first one. How many goals will Forsberg score in this series? And you can you can frame it however you want. You can say this series is going to go seven, and that's why he's going to score this many goals. We are really opening this up to how your prediction wants to go. Let's go to Kyle first. I know you predicted this game's going to the series is going to go seven. Do you think Forsberg is going to have a big impact? And how many goals do you think he might score, uh, Kyle? And then we'll go to Rich. I'm going to go with five goals. And Ooh, that's I, strong. I, because I think he's going to have a hero game. I think he. I think he'll have a hat trick or a two goal game or two two goal games, um, but he's he's gonna have that hero moment. I, uh, he's he's good for about two of those every month or so. So I think he's due. Uh, and what better time? Absolutely. Well, I see. Full. I see. Phil Forsberg over your. Uh right shoulder right now yep. so um he better i see duchene as well okay as you move your head um that's a good little duo there to have behind you for sure um, mm-hmm. uh first of all everybody <laughs> if you're watching right now and you're active on social media first of all thanks for watching right now on twitter or if you're watching on youtube but um there is a new hashtag that all the press fans need to be using oh, yeah. for these uh playoffs it's a hashtag stand with us which has been the long it's been that's been the motto of this team since the early days of this team making mm-hmm. the playoffs. So I love that they brought this uh, slogan back. But uh stand with us, hashtag stand with us. It'll put on Twitter, it'll put a little um little logo of the guitar pick with the TriStar, Stars, which is yeah. really cool. 
So yeah. uh, use that hashtag. Exactly. They're tweeting about the Preds in the playoffs. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to Rich. Uh, Rich, how many goals is Philip Forsberg going to score in these playoffs? Um, or in this series? Let's just go to the series. A, a bajillion. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not good at guessing. Let's Come go on, I'm Rich. Be, I'm these say, are bold predictions. Got to be bold gonna, here. Okay. That's what we need. I'm going to say four. Okay. I'll say four, and I'm going to say he better get more than what I'm saying. All right. If, well, if he, well, if he struggles, if he has any type of struggle and Matt Duchesne has any type of struggle, it's going to be not good. Not good. Well, yeah. All right, I'm going. I'm gonna really make some people mad here, and I'm just. I mean, I'm just call it like it is. I don't know. I think Forsberg is going. He's not going to go in hero mode like Kyle is saying. <coughs> in my opinion, he's going to. I'm not saying he's not going to do anything well, and he's just going to be completely just horrible. I'm just saying I don't know how many goals he's going to score. I'm going to go two goals, which is not enough. From a player like him, and we're going to go into this off season being extremely paranoid and running around like our (laughs) hair is on fire, which I don't have any, but it's okay. But um, your beard running around like your hair, (laughs) yeah, my beard is going to be on fire because we're going to be worried about him leaving. That's all we're going to obsess over. As soon as the Preds get eliminated, from that exact moment they get eliminated, just wait for it. It's going to be hysteria. Uh, paranoia galore in this town about Forsberg's not going to resign. We're horrible again. Like yada, yada, yada. But yeah. um, I think that Forsberg is going to have a hard time in this series. He's, I, he'll probably score a couple goals, but I'm just really worried about this team mm-hmm. being on the penalty kill too much. Like that's going to be the, their work. It's hard to score goals when you're constantly having to expend all this energy to kill penalties. Mm-hmm. That's going to take away from Forsberg right there. So um, I do think he's going to score a couple goals. But yep. <laughs> our friend Lindsay's in he- here, guys. Hello to the champion in fantasy. And then she throws in and Chad and Rich. <laughs> yeah. For, for yeah. everyone who doesn't know, um, Chad and Rich, myself and Rich, were not fantasy champions. Um, Rich, what place did you finish in? I finished in like fifth, oh. I think. I think Which seventh. They don't get trophies. Maybe fifth eighth? place is fifth and seventh place doesn't get trophies. <laughs> That's all I know. I got rolled at the end. <laughs> uh, Kyle, uh, congratulations, man! Oh yeah, Kyle Perkins is our fantasy catfish mm-hmm. on ice champion. It was a very competitive league too. Like this was it everyone was. cared, everyone focused on their teams, and Kyle, you won it. Congratulations, man. Yeah, and, and my team was definitely a playoff team because if you look at the point totals for the entire season, <laughs> Matt had us all just blown oh, yeah, out of the sure. water. Oh, yeah. he sure did. <laughs> it, if he, he didn't did. have all those injuries, he would have wiped the floor with me. He was um, killing people. It was so. For sure. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Lindsay, and I, I was got- the guy that took uh, Crosby in the draft and had him set on IR for oh, ever. 
Yeah, and I remember, I remember getting people. I got crap for it because I took uh, Crosby, and they're like, "Ah, oh, he's just gonna sit on IR," and he ended up being one of my highest point getters. Yeah, uh, Lindsay got third place, which is awesome for her. Very good. Cool. Yeah, Lindsay had a good team. Lindsay was another one of her. She had a really good team. Yeah, um, yeah I think I finished fifth place. Uh, all I can say is, Phil Forsberg, man. He uh he probably carried me to fifth place, uh yeah. That's right. I remember you. you got I'll take him. Phil. I'll take Phil Forsberg. He took me to fifth place. But um, it was a fun league. It was great. Thank you, everyone. A lot of the yep. people in the league we talk to like every day in mm-hmm. our uh, fantasy uh, league or in our chat or podcast yep. chat. Yep. So uh, you everyone, we can't thank you enough for uh, joining the league. It was a lot of fun. We'll do it again. Kyle, congratulations, man. Uh, it was fun. It was tons of fun. And so, um, yeah, Lindsay, we love you too. And you had a great team as well. So, uh, all right. So, I've, I'm sorry about being so negative about Forsberg, who <laughs> carried me to fifth place. I, yeah, I shouldn't right? be so mean about Forsberg. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be a really hard series for the Preds to – pile up the goals. I just really do. They're going to have to pull the avalanche into their style and hope they can be similar to the way they played the flames, which is a low scoring two to one, three to two type of type of score. I don't know if that's possible, but if they can manage to figure that out, well, then Forsberg is not going to be the person who's scoring a lot of goals. I don't know. I think that Forsberg, I got this series going in five, so I can't, predict Forsberg to score too many goals. So I got him scoring two goals. And we hope that Kyle is right. Yes, of course we do. For sure. All right, let's go to the next one here. All right. Let's go to the next one here, which is – this is our next poll prediction. I'm pulling it up right now. All right, guys. How many how many fights will Borovetsky and Jano combine for? A bajillion. <laughs> You're just gonna predict oh. bajillion. A bajillion again. That's a good question. I, um, yeah, I, yeah. These are bold. I, I named them bold predictions for a reason. You got to think yeah, about these. This right. is not like well, an easy. Like, oh yeah, I'll just throw it out there. I'm gonna tell you. I really hope <clears throat> that they can keep their heads. And don't do something stupid to get kicked out or, um, yeah, you know, Borvietsky, he, he's got a short temper, man. He gets going. Uh, I don't want to see him having to sit on the, you know, in the penalty box for five minutes or, or Jano and like, they need Jano to step up and, and get some scoring going again. So I need him to keep his head as well and not, you know, uh, don't, don't let him push you over, but also don't, you know, make stupid mistakes so well i'm kind of framing it like this so um we know that the preds probably have to figure out a way to not be in the penalty box but (laughs) borovieski and jano they're probably your top two players who get in fights and they're really good at it Mm -hmm. they normally do a really good job at handling their business when they do fight Yep. So do we think they're going to pull it back a little bit? I guess that's the point of this question. Do we think that Janot's going to pull it back? Do we think that Borovieski's going to pull it back? 
Um, that's kind of the point of this question. I think that they are. I really do. I think that both Borough and Janot are not going to fight as much. They're going to pull it back. I could see Janot getting in maybe two fights. I'm going to call it right now. My prediction. Janot's going to get in two fights over the course of the series. Borough's going to get in two fights. I'm calling four fights between the two of them. Yeah. Over the course of five games. So it's not going to happen regularly. But they're going to do their best to pull it back. They're going to do their best to pull it back. I do think that. Yep. What do you think, Kyle? In the words of Billy Bob from Varsity Blues, I give it a 10. Uh, <laughs> I think Boro has seven, one per game, and Janelle has three. Wow. Ooh. I, I think, I think they turn the wick up. I, I honestly do. Wow. And then I think you're going to throw in Cunning a couple of times. Uh, if Olivier is in the roster, you're probably going to have him a couple of times. Um, I think it's going to be spicy. I also think Nazim Kadri will get suspended in the first round because he's Nazim oh, Kadri and it's what he does. Uh, yeah. yeah, that could happen. We've which seen that means happen. we'll probably well, lose one of Duchesne or Forsberg in that suspension. Um, I would love to see them... I'm not saying change who they are, but I don't want to see them get into these moments where they put themselves in self-inflicted penalties where they're like, they let their emotions get the best of them. And then all of a sudden you're putting the abs on a four minute power play because you lost your cool for a second. And yeah, you're trying to set, yeah, you're trying to set a tone and yeah, you're trying to like show like, yeah, this is who we are. We're tough guys. And I get all that. But, like, you got to understand who you're up against. And you might be hang- hanging with them on the scoreboard in the first period, and it's one-to-one, and we're all excited. And then all it takes is the officials making the example out of you because mm-hmm. you're Which they will too crazy or whatever, and they will. And then all of a sudden, press, we're all up arms because it turns a 1-1 close game turns into a three to one game right because we just maybe got lost our cool a little too much and then you got to think about riddick's in net or maybe ingram we don't know a game one starter yet Hines would not commit to it which we can kind of talk about that but um yeah so i'm sorry like it just scares me it really scares me um that the fish to leave it in the in the hands of the officials and what they want to call that could flip wow. the game completely. Hold so on. here's here's my take on that. Let me before you give your take, let me give you some breaking news. The Tampa Bay Lightning just tied for the worst shutout in a playoff opener ever. Before you give your take, let me give you some breaking news. Five five to nothing. Wow. Yep. Jack Campbell pitched the shutout. Good for him. Good for Jack. Yep. Way to go. I do Smith. like him. I do too. I like him a lot. All right. Go ahead, Kyle, with your take. Okay. So mm. I don't want to see lazy hooking penalties. I don't want to see stupid nope. slashes. But if you're going to go out there and fight and you're both going to sit down, I'm okay with that. Make it count. So don't don't take instigators. Do not take an instigator penalty. Right. Nationals had a lot of trouble doing that this year um don't take the extra two minutes but go in there and 
you know, make yourself known, beat the brakes off the guy, but don't take any extras, no extra credit. Just go for your five and come back. Yep. I like that. <clears throat> and I'm okay. If there's a bunch of the, after the whistle scrum stuff, I mean, that's always going to happen, but um, yeah, just no, nowhere yeah. to stop. Right. Just don't. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Don't keep your cool about you and, no when to uh all right well that's gonna be uh that's gonna be what we're all focused on right and in the series is everyone's gonna be focused on um can the preds avoid constantly going on in the penalty box it's been a theme all season so it's gonna continue we'll see what happens all right let's go to our next one this one's a little bit easier to predict but still kind of tough will riddick and or ingram because we don't know who's gonna be the game one starter we don't know for sure. All right. Will Riddick or Ingram avoid getting pulled for the other one in this series? No. Wolf. Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Basically what I'm saying is, like, are the Preds going to be in a moment where the game gets out of hand and they're going to have to put the other goaltender in? Kyle, the question's like, is it Riddick or Ingram? Kyle's like, yes. Both yeah, of them. I- Yes, I, I can fully see this happening to both of them. Have you seen the avalanche oh, play God. on the power play? Oh, my God. It's so funny. Is it going to happen game one? Are we that will serious Riddick, about it? Will Riddick or Ingram get pulled? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being honest. Uh, game one. You are. I probably. agree. Can you one of, game can, one? It's going to be David Riddick. I mean, let's, let's frame it this way. First of all, I agree with both of you, and I know it's kind of a crazy question, but it's kind of sad that we have to ask that question. But, um, yeah, I totally see it happen. And let's be let's be fair here. Even Pecorine, the great, beloved, Hall of Fame goaltender that Pecorine is, had to get pulled in the Stanley Cup final for UC yeah. Soros. So it happens. Yeah. It happens I mean, more so than people realize, actually, in the playoffs. But, yep. yes, it's probably going to happen, unfortunately. But, um, I guess, let's frame it this way. Do we Are we 100% positive that David will be the starter? Because John Hines was in his press conference today, and he wouldn't commit to it. He might be playing gamesmanship with, uh, with the Avalanche coaching staff but i'm just saying he didn't commit to it with with the jury still out on how hard the avalanche were playing the other day david riddick gave up some goals and then he settled down and did not get scored on in the shootout if you start ingram that's going to be a mistake that's my opinion i would go with david riddick definitely Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle, how sure. are you feeling about it? Uh, <laughs> yes. Kyle doesn't know what to yeah. say. I really don't. I, you got to think they start with Riddick. It, yeah. It doesn't make sense to start Ingram. Ingram's been your AHL guy all year. But then again, that said, he's played a lot more minutes this year than David has too. True. That's um, true. That's a good point. He's against players that are nowhere near the level of the exactly. skill level of the Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's I, the... I do. I do get what you're saying, though. 
the rep, <coughs> just the repetitions alone and not sitting cold on the bench does mean mm-hmm. something. Yep. Yeah. It's it's and such it's, a tough dilemma. I mean, it is. It's huge. It's a big big deal for sure. That's um, that's the worst injury Nashville could have had. Mm-hmm. If Roman Yossi goes out, it's oh. really really bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not catastrophic bad like you. I yeah. don't know. Those are both equally bad for me, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. So going into the air, well, let me say this real quick, going into the Arizona game, and then I want to get your thoughts on this, Kyle, Uh, going into the Arizona game, I was very, very like adamant that as long as Ingram can have a semi quality, good game where he doesn't cost the team the game and he looks comfortable, makes a lot of saves. Um, and I was expecting the Preds to figure out a way to win that game, at least get a point mm-hmm. and draw Calgary. But either way, we were doing the, We were doing the last episode live watching that. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah. yeah uh, but he just he didn't deliver for me in that game. He didn't look comfortable. He let some goals by that I know that there was some traffic in front of him. But we're talking about shots that were from way outside. And they yeah. just snuck up on him. You can call. You can say they snuck up on him. Whatever you want to say, but he didn't do. He didn't do it nearly enough for me in that game against Arizona. To close out the season to uh, give me any kind of confidence that he's ready for a game one playoff stage. And I was hoping that he would do that so that we didn't have to start David Riddick. No disrespect yeah. to David Riddick, but Connor Ingram's the future. Like he's the next in line to be backup. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wanted to see you I wanted to see Connor Ingram really play well in that game and he didn't really do it. Uh Kyle, what did you see from Connor Ingram in the season finale against Arizona? Well, as much as I, I hate to admit this, <laughs> that game was past my bedtime. Uh, <laughs> it was past a lot of people's bedtimes. I was falling asleep towards the end of the episode. I'm gonna yeah. I'm not even lie about it. At the end, Chad and I were like, we stayed up for this. <laughs> I, I remember, like, I woke up at, like, 11, 30, 12 o'clock that night and looked at my notifications on my phone and said, oh, God, and went back to mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah, it was it was ugly. So, I, I was, I've been kind of wondering myself about what happened with Ingram. Uh, I didn't know if it was the defense in front of him or if it was all on him or – it wasn't was all both. on him. It wasn't. It was it the was same both. issues that we've been talking about. I mean, it was the, – the team definitely took their foot off the gas and coasted. Mm-hmm. And you even saw some quotes about it. Jerome and Yossi, I read, who left a quote out there on the team f- website that said, we definitely um, didn't push as hard as we should have in the last part of that game. Which, I mean, you love the honesty from the captain, but it's like, why is that happening in the last game of the season to begin with? But you do appreciate yeah, the honesty, at least. But uh, so definitely is not all in Ingram. But I did see at least two goals in that game, and I want to get Rich's. Cause Rich watched the whole game. Uh, I I saw at least two goals where they were from way outside, like way outside off, like face off winds, and they the puck like had a lot of distance to travel, and it, and it seemed to just sneak up on Ingram. He just wasn't ready to make the save. Uh, Rich, what did, did you kind of see the same thing, or I did? Am I being uh, too hard were, on Ingram? 
No, there was there was a couple that were kind of weird uh, that he he didn't have a good look at, but the ones that he did have a good look, he had a very good look. Um, there's like you said, there was a, there was a couple from pretty far out, and he just he just got beat. He had a clear vision to the puck, and when it was being shot, and it just he just didn't make the save. Um, I'd like to think there's some nerves going on, um, but. Yeah, I mean it. It made a it made a him playing that way made a complicated um, situation even worse. So, um, yeah, Lindsay's in here. She said it's definitely got to be Riddick because um, he apparently has played well against the Avalanche his whole career. So that's a good and and if anybody knows, Lindsay knows. So that's that's a good. Yeah, I will trust her judgment on that. Absolutely, and I agree with Lindsay, and I agree with Lindsay big time because. Here, here's the deal. You run with Riddick. Riddick has shown that he can handle high shot totals this season. Mm-hmm. He's got three games this season of 40-plus saves. So we at least know that he can handle a high barrage of shots. He's been in this league a mm-hmm. long time. He mm-hmm. knows how to deal with the adversity. He knows how to deal with the NHL speed of this game, whereas Ingram is – I mean, yeah, his numbers are ridiculous in the AHL for Milwaukee Admirals, but he has still not gotten a full complement of games to really know and get comfortable nope. and you to throw him out there in the playoffs. And, I mean, it's it's a tough call, but I will say Riddick's leash in the playoffs is as short as it can be. I right. mean, I'm telling you, if, if we're going into the second period and the Preds are already down three goals, three nothing, and, and a lot of those goals are because of soft goals, quote-unquote, I don't think the coaching staff is going to be that shy of pulling Riddick and putting Ingram in to go back to this question of bold predictions. I'd say probably not. I think I, think I agree with you there. I think that's probably what it's would happen. Be a short, it's it's going to be a short leash for either one of them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Let's go to the next one here. This one's a little bit more. um, We're going to have to really think about this one. And it's really, it's got everybody so fired up over this. (laughs) Who will have the most points, Yossi or Makar, in this Mm. series? Yes. I'm going to go with Yossi. That was an easy prediction there from Kyle. He just went Yossi. He was like, yeah, Yossi. I agree. I think, I think so too. Um, if you said goals, I'd probably go McCarr, but points, Yossi. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am, I'm going Roman Yossi as well. This is clean sweep. All three of us are, and, um, I want to see if you guys agree with me, but my thought process on why I'm saying Yossi is because he is way more instrumental to this team's offense than Cal yeah. McCarr is. It doesn't mean that Cal McCarr is not important. He's not a great player. Of course he is. He's one of the best defensemen mm-hmm. in the league. And if yeah. he wins the Norris Trophy, I'm not going to be that upset about it, honestly. But <laughs> I do think that Roman Yossi is going – if the Preds are going to have any success in this series, there's a there's almost a 9 out of 10 chance that Roman Yossi is going to be involved in every goal that's scored in this series, almost certainly. Like, I mean, he, he's going to have – whether it's the secondary assist, whether it's the primary assist, mm-hmm. whether it's the goal, Roman Yossi is going to get a lot of points in this series. So, we're all in agreement there. Ro- 
Yossi will have more points than Makar. Lindsay All right, says Rich, Yossi you had an Rich, share some of your bold predictions that you had for the for All right. I had a couple. So <clears throat> will the triumvirate of Ellie Tolvanen, Luke Cunning, and Philip Tomasino step up and provide some scoring in this playoff series against the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh. Ooh. We're going to see those boys, those three boys, get some get some goals on the board. They've been struggling mightily. Tomasino, mm. not, I would, I'm not going to say he struggled. See, he, he's played played good. But we know that Luke Cunning hasn't been able to hit the broadside of a barn, and Tolvanen's been spotty. So. Will Tolvanen even be in the lineup? Well, that's yeah, a good that's, point. that's that's a good, it's that's, gonna be hard for him to score. Question. It's gonna be hard for him to score if he's not in the lineup. Rich can't that's score true. from the press box. Um, score from the press box. Do y'all think? What do you think? You think they're gonna step up, or is it just gonna be same on same? Let's on? Go to Kyle. Kyle, you answer it first, and I'll go. So last year against the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. there was a player that showed up that had not showed up generally all season. And he's one of the three that you just named. Yep. That was Luke Cunning. So yep. maybe we've went from playoff Ryan Johansson to playoff Luke Cunning. I would okay. love uh, that. That'd be amazing. I would love that. So, that and, awesome. I, and God, I've talked a lot of bad about Luke Cunning here lately, but I really want him to be good. I like him as a person. I want him to be a good player. So Me too. Me too. I, same, I, same thing. I think if any of them does it, it's probably going to be Luke, and he's just he needs to shoot more is his problem. Tolvanen, I don't know how you fix it. Yeah, I, I, not I, right. <clears throat> that's that's tough. And Tolvanen's Tolvanen is the new Rocco Grimaldi. I feel like like he's in the doghouse like constantly, just like Rocco Grimaldi was in the doghouse. Except that he plays really good defense and. Grimaldi doesn't know how to. Say I know. I'm not. Or, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying they're the same players. I'm just saying. I feel oh, like I know. The same treatment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's weird. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Before before you anybody says anything else, here's a hot spicy take for you right here. Lindsay says Preds win in seven. <laughs> Thank you, I'll, Lindsay. He I'll take it. To exist. Yeah, Lindsay's bold prediction. That's awesome. Like it. That's more bold than anything we're predicting tonight. Yeah. Um, what were you saying about Tomasino, though, uh, Kyle? Yeah. Tomasino, he's just – if they'll leave him on a line, I think he can be right. productive. But he just – he's not had a chance to build any chemistry with any line mates this year. Mm-hmm. It's just – he's yeah. been a ping-pong ball and just – Yeah. So, I don't right, know. I'm going to address – let, let me let me address Rich's uh, question here. Will Tolvanen, Cunning, or Tomasino step up and provide some scoring? Well, I'm telling you, the Avalanche are super deep, and I I fully expect the the Avalanche, whether the Preds win this series or not, I think the Avalanche are going to get their goals. They're going to get their fair share of goals. They're going to yeah. score. So <laughs> it's a matter of can the Preds hang in what's going to be like a track meet? Can they can they win a high scoring series? And that's why yeah. so many people have a hard time picking the Preds in a series like this. Whereas if they were going up against the Flames, you would get a lot more um, competitive predictions, like series predictions. You would get more Flames in seven, 
Preds in seven, maybe Flames in six, but you wouldn't get all these uh, Flames in fives or Flames in fours because the Preds would probably match up better with a team like the Flames. But the yep. problem is we really expect the Avalanche to get their goals, whether it's four goals a game, five goals a game. We expect it. So can yep. – can't, we can't ask Phil Forsberg and Matt Duchesne to do it all. Like, we need something else. Mm-hmm. So, it's a fair question that Rich asked. I do actually think that Tomasino is ready to score some clutch goals. I do. Um, and like Kyle just said, you got to match him with the right line mates and let him be successful. Yep. I love seeing Tomasino mm-hmm. play with Ryan Johansson. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that pairing. I do. What do you I guys think, think about that? Uh They've been I think toying with that lately. I think it's a good mentor, mentor process for both of them. You know, um, Johansson could take him under his wing and maybe help him out, uh, help him along a little bit, give him some confidence. That would be awesome to see. I exp- I want to see some big things out of Tomasino next season. I would I would expect I them to see coming. when we see the lineup. When we see the lineups tomorrow for the starting lineup line combinations for game one, I would expect Johansson to be on a line with Tomasino. I would yeah. fully expect that. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I really like that combination. Uh, if you go back way back, maybe even last season, um, Johansson was talking about working with the younger guys <laughs> and how much it meant to him because how much, uh, Felino worked with him when he was a young guy oh, yeah. and kind of took him under his wing. And he's like, I want to be that guy for these guys coming up in Nashville. I want to be the one that they all talk about, that they learn the, how to be a pro from, how to play and all this. So I really love, I love having Tomasino with Johansson and they, they seem to have the feet off of each other. They're both mm-hmm. kind of goofy in their personality types. So they have that little relationship between each other. And I think they, they figure out who's going to play on that other side with those two. And you've got a good line. Yep. I like it. Love it. it. So I've got one Rick, more. Yeah. Give us your last one, long. Rich. So I just saw on Twitter, like around five o'clock. Um, apparently you see Soros is like medical skating by himself. He's uh, he's doing all of his treatments and uh, apparently doing his best, doing everything right to try to get back into this, uh, get back to play. They announced that he's not going to play in game one or two of the playoffs. My question is, can the Predators hold off Colorado long enough to get UC Soros back in the net? Barring barring that people might not want him too because they don't want him to get hurt. Any further, yeah, you're just saying like, is he going to be available? Is what you're is he, asking. Do you think? Do you think they can last long enough to possibly get him? That's a. Back for a that's bit? like none of us are medical experts here, Rich. That is such a hard question. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say yeah. no. I'm gonna. I don't yeah. think. I don't think he's gonna be ready to go for for the first. I feel uh, like I, I. I just. I feel like the team's being completely like hush hush. And they're keeping mm-hmm. everything close to their chest right now. Yep. Why why would they come out and just say, Oh yeah, for sure he's out for the playoffs? Like, why would they do that? It's gamesmanship. They're playing a little bit of the they're playing a little bit of a chess yep. match here, probably with Colorado. 
Uh, they want Colorado have to, to have to wonder, which I don't really know how much that changes things, but um, no. if they don't have to announce it, they probably know mm-hmm. a lot. They're just not going to let us, they're not going to tell us these things unless they yep. have to. So unfortunately I don't see any scenario where yeah, Soros is in this series, even if it goes seven games somehow, I don't see it. I, I don't know the severity of his sprain. I know there's different grades. I had a high ankle sprain when I was young and mm. it was unholy bad. Like yeah. crutches for weeks and oh wow. Then and he's just, already up skating. Yeah, I th- I saw he was skating and I was like there's no way because I mean it just it was absolute ungodly <laughs> pain. So I don't know if they've got it. Yeah. Got a couple of pieces of sticks stuck down in those skates <laughs> and made it where got him duct taped in there so he can't rotate that ankle or what, but yeah, shoot. Good one. Here, real, but, real quick, let, I mean, we, go ahead, real quick. Go ahead. I was gonna say, if it comes down to a tolerance thing, and let's say they do, let's just hypothetically speaking, let's say that the Preds like eke out a game in this series and it, it goes to like a game five. Would mm-hmm. you guys be okay with forcing Soros out there for a game five? Uh, let's say the Preds are down three one in the series, and would or would you like? Would you be okay with that? Like, I wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't be I, okay with that. I definitely don't want them to do anything that's going to hurt him for next season. Long term. Long term. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's not. I mean, and that, you know, they've played well. That's if my they can fear. Keep this team, yeah, if they can keep this team together and, and switch some folks in and out, I feel a lot better about will there be next season. Um, and there's no there's no point in jeopardizing it when it's going to be a tough road to begin with. So I don't think I would want him to start. That's my that's my fear is that the Preds somehow eke out one mm-hmm. game, which is what I'm predicting. I'm saying abs and five. So I do think the Preds are going to win at least one game in the series. Yeah. My worry is that that we're going to go into like a game five situation and they give Soros the, the chance or the choice to play. Mm-hmm. And he's going to want to play. I mean, he's a competitor. Yeah. But that's what scares me. And then he goes out in the game and he gets roasted and he re-injures himself somehow. And then we go mm-hmm. into the off season and Soros has to have surgery. Like those uh, are the things that are scaring the crap out of me right now. Yeah. I don't want to hear. So, any. um, yeah, that stuff. We'll just yeah, have to wait and see how it goes. Bad. We will. Yeah. Um, so we just, real, we don't know. Real quick before we move on, Lindsay has a real, this is a really good question. It's a, who do we think who, who could be the unsung hero in this series? Great question. Lindsay. I'm going to say um, obvious, David Riddick. Unsung he hero, yeah. Stand on his head and just be awesome. Look at Rich <laughs> preaching to the choir over here. Some analyti- that's some analytical uh, – But, uh, I mean, it, it's obviously – awesome. That's obviously – that's the most obvious choice there. Yeah, but it's true, sure. though. It's absolutely true. It is. Yeah. All right, let me think a little bit more here. If I'm not saying David Riddick as the unsung hero, I am going to go with man. I really got to think about this for a second. Uh, I'm thinking about like at the bottom six right now, and players. Mm. I'm going to go with a veteran 
who um all right he's been around a long time he can do some things i'm gonna go with nick cousins there you go nick cousins needs to bring his nick cousins needs to bring his veteran experience his 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 ability to play in these moments and lead the young crew in the bottom six that doesn't mean he has to score a bunch of goals but i need him to play smart Need to play those crucial bottom six minutes in a grinded out playoff series that it requires. I'm going to go Nick Cousins. Yep, that's a good one. He can be an agitator. Draw some, draw some of the Avalanche into committing some penalties, things like I that. I could see Nick Cousins awesome. scoring a couple goals out of nowhere. I could see him mm-hmm. doing that. Yep, for sure. So right. Rich went goalie. Chad yep. went forward. I'm going to go defenseman. And? <laughs> Matt, turn it off. I'm going to go with Matias Ekholm. There you go. Matias, if he plays the way he can play, that we've all seen him play before. He hasn't played that way this year much. But if he hits that stride, he is a threat to score on that second power play. Uh, he's a threat to score off of faceoffs, and he's also outstanding defensively. So yep. if Matias hits his game and he's playing on that penalty kill and he's keeping that Colorado power play from scoring 800 goals against Nashville on the <laughs> inevitable 75 penalty kills they're going to have the course over the over the course of these games. Um, I think Matias yeah. could really be the savior of the series for him if it. Ooh, I love it. I like that. That's a good pick. All right, good question, Lindsay. That's our bold predictions for the yep. first round of the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs <laughs> against the Colorado Avalanche. Let's see. We got a good YouTube comment here from uh, Bobby Davenport. Thank you for commenting yep, on for YouTube sure. with us. The record shows this team can win against Colorado, even with juice out. If the guys adjust to support the goalie, they could easily upset. Love it. Love it, Bobby. I agree a hundred percent with that. I do too. If, if they keep stupid chances away from whichever goalies playing, they can, they can play with anybody. Yep. I agree. Thank you, Bobby, for commenting. Uh, That's a really good point there. Love the optimism too. All right, let's for throw sure. some love to our sponsor, DraftKings. We got a new offer for you as we're going into the playoffs. DraftKings, for all of our hockey fans, we hope you're hockey fans. If you're not a hockey fan, it's okay to so watch. But um, for our hockey fans here, DraftKings has a great offer here for you. Right now, DraftKings, the official sports betting of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. So you can make a big bet or a small bet. It doesn't matter. You can still win big with DraftKings by just downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win get and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code. THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details on gambling practices. And if you need gambling help, you can look it up there. 
And of course, I can tell you this personally because I use DraftKings every day almost. Like I'm active on DraftKings. It's so much fun. It's easy to use. It's safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. And it's really easy. It really is. Like, I mean, you can make small bets, big bets. It doesn't matter. You can still win winnings really quick. So go do that. DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code THPN for the Stanley Absolutely. Cup playoffs. So I've got a All I've right. got a random thing. I've been I've had the Kings and the Oilers game on over here. Yeah. Oh. And it's Jonathan Quick and Mike Smith playing goalie for their respective teams. And this has got to be some kind of record because Mike Smith is 40 and Jonathan Jonathan Quick is 36. The combined age. <laughs> yeah, combined age of starting goaltenders for a Stanley Cup playoff game. Somebody Dude. smart needs to find that statistic because I'm pretty sure yeah. that's not happened very often. And uh, look at the Kings. Uh, They're up. Kings strike first. They're up one nothing. All right. I'm watching the St. Louis Minnesota game. St. Louis is up two nothing. <clears throat> well, yeah. We get we we'll we'll revisit our uh, me and Riches. Our we did our uh, predictions for each matchup in the first round. And we left it out there, so the receipts are out there for all the people who – they can scorn us later for how wrong we are. But um, our receipts sure. are very, um, very out there. <laughs> all right, we've got Omar on YouTube right now. Thanks for joining, Omar. Uh, BPO3 says, should the Preds keep pushing the physicality and try to wear the abs down or avoid the box at all costs? I worry about the Preds' penalty kill. Uh, Kyle, why don't you fill that, man? Good question from Omar. Thank you. Very much. I think if they have a chance at all in this series, they're going to have to beat the Avalanche up. And that's, <laughs> that's literally and uh, metaphorically speaking. They're they're going to have to play hard, heavy hockey if they have any hope. Um, if they pull back at all, Colorado's just going to zoom, zoom right past them. and. Yep. If they get it in their head that they can zoom, zoom without a smash, smash at the end of it, you're hurt. Um, yeah, are those, that analytical, said, are those the analytical terms there? That is some highly you technical smash, smash. All right. That's awesome. This is who they um, are, gentlemen. This is who they yeah. are. The Preds are who they are. This is not the time of year to be trying to change who you are. I mean, you could have no. tried to change, make adjustments and change who you are earlier in the season, but you cannot <laughs> make a – an overhaul of how you play your hockey this late in the season going into the playoffs. So they had to live and die by how they play. It might yep. burn them in the end. Like Omar just said in his comment, he's worried about the uh, penalty kill. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where the penalty kill is going to have to step up. These, these players on this team, these, these players who play on the penalty kill, your Tanner Janos, your Mark Borowieckis, your uh, Luke Cunnins, they know that they're going to have to step up in this yeah. very, very big area of the game, which is the penalty kill. They know it. Sure. I'm sure they're working on it left and right in practice right now to make sure they're in the right position to block shots. They got to get in shot lanes. They've got to lay their body out there. I've already said, does anybody, do, have you guys seen anything on Jeremy Lazan? Because they said he was close to. They said he was close to coming back, going into the Arizona game, and I haven't heard anything since then. That would be huge if he's back. 
Uh, yeah. I haven't heard anything since then. I don't know what's going on with him, uh, but he was skating, and it, they were making it seem like he was ready to come back possibly for the Arizona game. He didn't come yeah. back for the Arizona game, and I haven't heard anything since then, but I would love to get him yeah. back for game one. We might hear about it tomorrow. We don't know. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby in here says, I miss him. We need him. Yes, I would I would definitely, uh, if he's available, I would play him and Borvietsky for sure. I'm hoping that they were just trying to get him ready uh, during that Arizona mm-hmm. game uh, because they knew they were locked in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I know they wanted to get that next seed up, but that makes sense. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Well, so we, need, we need his we, – we need uh, Jeremy Lazan. We need his penalty killing. Like, that's what I'm yeah. thinking about when it comes to Jeremy yeah. Lazan. I'm thinking about him being on that second power uh, penalty kill unit and he, he's the type of player where you know he is going to block shots. He's going to be a big body, and you're going to need that. Let's just be honest about it. We're going to need a robust penalty kill in this series. It's going to have to really shine, probably more so than any other part of the team is the penalty kill is going to have to shine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Matt Benning, um, Matt Benning get- sometimes takes some uh, – some not good penalties, so we don't need any more of that. So yeah, let's let's get in. Well, let's get into our next segment here. This is Catfish and Ice, episode one twenty six. As we get ready for game one of the Preds <laughs> versus the Avs, no one's given the Preds a chance. It's okay, but crazier things have happened. We'll see what happens. Right. Can't wait for game one on Tuesday night in Denver. All right, I want to get into Brian Johansson's really great season that not enough people are talking about and it's it's fair that no one's talking about it because Mm -hmm. you know what a lot of things happen with this team individually we're all caught up in roman yossi we're caught up in matthew shane we're caught up in we're caught up in tanner janot i mean we're caught up in so many individual performances this year that we kind of forgot about ryan johansson and the fact that he set a preds career high for his goal totals. He put up 11 power play goals. I mean, which is by far a career high for him. I mean, I think if Matt Duchesne's not on this team, we're all talking about Ryan Johansson, but because, but because they were both kind of attached at the hip and they were both high scrutinized players, we're, we're focusing more on Matt Duchesne because, yes, he did mm-hmm. set the single-season goal record for the – but – Let's talk about Ryan Johansson, gentlemen. I mean, this dude had a great season. We kind of overlooked he, it a little bit. He did. Um, I'm just looking at the um, the goals and the assists. Tied his single season goal record with 26, and he got one point away from tying his uh, best point total of 64. So, yeah, totally like you said, he uh, has been overshadowed a little bit. Um but it's so good to see him get back into the swing of things, get get his game back because it's been a, it's been a bit, um, it's been quite a while, like at least two or three seasons. So uh, good to see him uh, producing again. Get everybody and off left his back. unprotected, and left unprotected with Matt Shane. I mean, what a wild story that is to think about. Oh yeah, that, that the Preds left both Matt Shane and Ryan Johansson unprotected in the draft, and at the time. We weren't against it. We were like, that's fine. 
But yep. looking back on it now, <clears throat> it's kind of crazy to think about because guess who they who they did protect? Philippe Myers. <laughs> they protected yeah. Philippe Myers. You know, and like that's that's not yeah. that's just I mean, I'm not trying to be hard on Fleet Myers. I mean, he's had a rough go of it and he just got recalled back to the team. He went mm-hmm. on a loan to like another AHL team, but like the Toronto it's kind of wild. Yeah, yes. Toronto. So it's kind of crazy to think about the fact they protected him over a uh, a player that in Matthew Shane, who actually ended up going on to uh be your leading goal scorer. And then mm-hmm. Ryan Johansson, who is a top five in every major offensive category yep. on the scene. I mean, it's just like, and, and he's had his like top three best performance of his career. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say one other Devils advocate on Ryan Johansson that I did come across. Ryan Johansson was actually sixth in the NHL in the entire league. He was sixth in shooting percentage at twenty two percent. So. Take that for what you will. Maybe his goal numbers are a little inflated. That's probably fair to say. But either way, yeah. When you throw in everything else that Ryan mm-hmm. Johansson does on the ice, he's a fa- he 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 gives you faceoffs, he gives you blocks, he gives you hits, his intangibles. He's a great leader on the ice. Things you can't measure in a box score, he mm-hmm. brings to the locker room. So, um, yeah, I just I think I think he's been overlooked a little bit. So I wanted to throw Ryan Johansson some love, especially considering that I have actually been a very big critic (laughs) of um, Ryan Johansson. So I'm always going to throw respects due when a player proves me wrong. So, yeah, that's Ryan Johansson. And, And like what you said about like power play goals, like he's never gotten anywhere near close. Well, seven, seven's the most he's ever had. In any season, he's at 11. I think your article said he was tied with uh, Yossi for second. Most yeah. power play goal. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah Duchesne had 16 this season. Yeah, but yeah. that's strong. Yeah, he but... was – I mean, he's he's top five in every major category on the mm-hmm. team in offensive numbers, yeah. basically. Yeah. But, um, Kyle, what, Kyle, Kyle, kind of tell us what what did you see from Johansson this season, personally? What did you see from him? Uh, a little bit of new life, uh, especially mm. like I was saying earlier, playing with the younger guys. Uh, he looked like he was having fun again. Uh, Johansson got his first career hat trick this year. Which was um, insane, right? Yeah. It's wild that he's been in the league this long and he's never had a hat trick. That's absolutely, absolutely crazy. And it's just he's – he looks like he's having fun again. And whenever he's looks like he's having fun, he's playing his best hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that and he's actually shooting some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always is. been a huge criticism good of his, point. so it's good to see him yep. shooting. Yep, for sure. And so now we have to really, really keep our fingers crossed that he carries that into the playoffs because he could be a total major X factor mm-hmm. into the Preds hanging on the scoreboard with the Avalanche. Yep. yep. All right. What's Bobby. going on in the NA? Let's go. Let's, <laughs> he's vibing. Uh, he vibing. Bobby Davenport he's says he's vibing. I love it. He's vibing. That's All right. Awesome. I love it. All right. Let's let's, let's uh, see what's going on here on the NHL scoreboard as we are in night one of the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs. Here, uh, the Blues continue to lead 
the Minnesota Wild two to nothing. We're coming up midway point of the second period. Uh, uh, Perron has a goal, and yeah. Ryan O'Reilly has a goal. Boo! So there's that. Uh, let's see. The Kings Ooh. are actually Kings have jumped out to a two nothing lead. Wow! I'm telling you, the Kings are a uh, they're a Cinderella they're team. If if I've ever seen it, I know they're the Kings. Uh, two one. But plant is it two uh, one now? Update. McJesus. Oh no. McJesus scored one. McDavid just did. said, "Not so fast." All right, so I want my the point, Oilers to lose so bad. <laughs> my point, my point stands. The Kings can actually be the Cinderella team of the playoffs. They definitely could. Uh, let's see. The Hurricanes completely blasted Rich's Bruins. I'm so sorry, Rich. That's all good. They deserve the loss after the way they played. Yeah, I didn't, not, I didn't see great goal. T- I didn't see great goaltending there from. Um, it, from uh, who was the Bruins goaltender? Oh, Mark. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see yeah. great. I didn't see good goaltending from him tonight. Like he didn't it look was, comfortable. He let some goals slip by him. Yeah, but he was actually he was really good until that first one went by, and then that just after that. Yeah, floodgate open, man. Yeah, they scored. They scored well, the, after they scored the first one. They uh, Carolina scored another one like within two minutes, and that was just. The end of it after that. The Canes so. are that I mean, the Canes are really deep scoring wide. You know they all are. about that from last season. Uh yeah. they have so many lethal scores on that team. Um I I really put them in the same category as the Avalanche, the team we're about to go up against. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're just a team that's a speed team. They'll burn you left and right. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure I had the Canes in five in my prediction. I'll have to go back yeah, and look to make sure. I think no I said Bruins in seven. I said Bruins yeah, in seven, you went, I believe. Yeah, I went Canes in five. Rich, you went uh, Bruins in seven, so we'll see. But I might be rethinking that. <laughs> we, no, I got it pulled up. I got it pulled up here. All right. Um, yeah, well, our receipts are saying whether we're right or wrong. So, all right, yeah. for the world to see. And then let's mm-hmm. see what else we got here going on. Uh, the Maple Leafs completely obliterated Lightning Whoa. five to nothing, as we alluded to earlier. Jack Jack Campbell gets the s- shutout. So, uh, wow. Yep. Austin Matthews had a couple. Well, I mean, yeah, it's he's crazy. Be the MVP. We totally expect Austin Matthews to be the Hart Trophy winner, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was a big, massive fight between um the lightning and the maple leafs um the leafs actually uh fought off a five minute um penalty so that was that was good for them um lots of penalties lots of fights it was it was uh from what i watched was a good game so there you go all right let's share so if you're following uh, Sportsnet on Twitter, or there, there's some other outlets that do the same thing, but basically how it works is you screenshot this oh, yeah. um, jumble of logos, and when you screenshot it, it automatically gives you um, your Stanley Cup final uh, prediction, and it just automatically yeah. – um, there's no strategy to it. You just screenshot it, and whatever two teams you get, that it's a lot of fun. And it's really fun to see which teams you end up with. So we're going to go around the room here and let everyone know who we uh, had. Uh, I'll start with mine. I drew the Capitals versus the Minnesota Wild, which honestly, if that happened, I would 
be all for it. Sign me up for it. Could you imagine a series, a Stanley Cup final with Alex Ovechkin involved? Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be must watch. The Minnesota Wild have plenty of superstars. Can you imagine mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury being in net for a Stanley Cup final along with uh, Kaprizov out there, the young phenom, and all the former Preds players out there as well? I mean, I thought that was a funny Stanley Cup. It's not going to happen, most likely. It's pretty far fetched <laughs> no. Stanley Cup final. But uh, Rich, what did you yep. what did you draw on your screen, Scott? So I drew uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers, which uh, that could happen. That could happen. But happen. You want to talk about American uh, viewership going down for a Stanley Cup final? Uh, that would be it, right there. I don't know about that. No, nah, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it would be a good. It an would all be, Canadian. An all Canadian. All Canadian. NHL would love final that. Final would I know be that. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, with the, the star power on those two teams, that would be oh, yeah. McDavid versus like, Matthews salivating over that. And then, and then we have Kyle needs to reveal his because it's the most comical one of them all. <laughs> it's so I, funny, I'm, it's so perfect. <laughs> it's, I don't I'm know pretty sure mine was that. drunk, like bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like Chad saw them on Broadway one night, bad. Um, yeah, so I'd. I drew uh, <laughs> Nashville and Tampa for a stadium <laughs> series rematch. Stadium series stadium, rematch for the Stanley Cup. All of the games will be played in the stadium series jerseys. So, <laughs> oh boy! We no, please no, no! Don't do that. Oh, anything. If I gotta watch those jerseys and no, mm. I go back yeah. and forth with those stadium ser- series jerseys. Sometimes I like them, and then other days I wake up and I hate them. Yeah. Depends on how I'm feeling. I've got one. Um, I've got that's a blank funny, one. Though. That, um, that's really funny, though, to verse uh, Nashville for the Stanley Cup. That would be um, – I don't know if the NHL would be very happy about that one. No. No, two no. Southern teams, they would have a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. They but Tampa like Bay, they'd probably right. love that. So – Speaking of which, uh, Rich, I totally sent uh, you cracked me up in your. Um, what did you uh, compare uh, Andre Vasilevsky to? Um, a, a, a Violet Willy, Beauregard. A Willy, uh, yeah, a Willy Wonka reference here. Yeah, yeah, Violet Beauregard. She's the little girl who ate the um, ate the. Uh, what was the? Uh, the, it, was the it was the gum. gum. It was a full meal. Yeah, and when it got to the yeah. dessert, she turned into a big plum, and she was all swollen. Well, we're, like, re- we're referencing. I sent him the picture where Vasilevsky's standing up again. What? Carey Price. That player. Carey Price. Carey Price. Carey Price. Yeah, and yeah. like Vasilevsky looks like gigantic. Like, it, and that's not even mm-hmm. the um, Photoshop picture. I sent you the real life picture. I know. A lot it of people. Like- a lot of people. A lot of people have photoshopped it to make it make Vasilevsky look really large, but. I mean, even the non-photoshop image of this is just like ridiculous. He so, looks like Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And Speaking he, of which, let's. Like a, go ahead, there's Tom. only like an uh, inch and a half height difference and like a 15 pound weight difference in those two too. And yeah. That makes it even funnier. But there's a yeah, there's it's, a, it's a weird image. Uh, Two foot width difference <laughs> in the two. Obviously, something's not right. Let's, let's uh, 
We also asked um, a lot of our uh, followers about who they're going to hitch their wagon to if the Preds get eliminated. And I think overwhelmingly everyone's going to cheer for the Flames. Yeah. I would expect that. That'd be good. That's who I'm going to cheer for. Yeah. All right. I'll go Let's Flames. go to fun- Kings are still in it. I don't mind the Kings. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Flames are Kings. I'm cool with the, both of those teams. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, I mean, it would be kind of, I'm being selfish here, but if I'm not being selfish, it would be cool to see the Florida Panthers win it. But mm-hmm. I just don't like seeing teams who have never won a cup win one because then that just leaves one less team that we can be with. That's never won one. <laughs> you uh, don't want to be alone so in be, our misery. <laughs> yeah, that's just me. That's just me being petty at that point. But I don't have a problem with Florida at all. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Um, yeah. Let's do some fun things I saw on the interwebs to finish out episode 126 in Good very stuff. positive fashion. I'm a big animal person. I love animals. Um, you can, uh, so you guys can look this up right now. If, you're, if This was shared uh, earlier today at explore org. So just type in at explore org. If you want to look it up right now, um, it shows a mama panda helping her baby panda get down from a tree. And it's very adorable and it's very sweet. And one of the things you one thing you'll know about pandas, if you like really know anything about pandas, they're very clumsy, just like humans. They they, they they're they just they always like fall over and they always like fall out of trees and they're they're very lazy just like we are. And so you got a baby panda can't get down from this tree limb and mama mama bear is doing everything she can to help her baby out of this tree and it's so adorable and i loved That's it awesome. and uh it made my day so much better when i came across it you guys see it you're like oh it just makes you feel better about it, it makes you feel yeah. better about everything That's i wish i knew if this uh, right. screen sharing thing would work i would play it on here oh Try it. yeah it's not gonna hurt anything <clears throat> you have the tweet. Our viewers will love it. I'll tell you that. If we can share it. Kyle's working okay. on it. So I'm going to add it real quick. Yeah. Because you can, I think I have to add it. So I'm going to add it and see where it goes. So there it is. Little mama. Trying to push the <laughs> push the the baby panda up the tree. Yeah, it's there adorable. You go. It is. That is adorable. It makes my heart so happy. All right. Absolutely. Speaking of, um, did you all did you all see? Let me pull it up real quick. This, this corgi who predicts things by shooting a ball into a basket. I did. Yeah, I did. I've seen that several times, and he picked Colorado. I, name. I saw that. Yeah. It's, it's such a it, – this Corey's name is Steph Fury. <laughs> Steph Furry. Steph Furry, not Fury. Steph Furry, Steph. like Steph Curry, the basketball oh, player. Oh. Okay, I get it Steph now. Steph Furry, and, and it's this little Corgi who stands up at the top of the staircase. And, uh, and so I don't know if you want to look this one up too, Kyle. You can put it up on it if you want, if you can pull it up really quick. But uh, it's like freaking adorable, this this, this – Corgi stands at the top of the staircase. 
and you've got two goals. Or they almost look like little trash cans almost, but they're basketball little nets. And they put the logos of each team on on these basketball nets, and this Corgi makes predictions. And it's called Air Korg's Official Prediction. Um, so I thought that was hilarious. That is pretty good. The Corgi is probably going to be way more accurate in its predictions than we are. Let's just be honest. Oh, I'd say so. Oh, Kyle got it up. Here it is. Here it is. Kyle for Kyle for the win. Kyle for the win. Stars, Hurricanes, Lightning, Wild. That's a good one. Uh, Kings. Kings. I think this one. I don't remember this. Oh, Rangers. Capitals. This one's Avalanche. I've seen this one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the dogs got something going. What I love about what I love most about the video is the corgi stares down at shot. Like he like watches mm-hmm. it. He's like, "Yeah, I did that." Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Yeah, I, I like, know what I'm doing." Don't mess with me, for sure, <laughs> for sure. My Lindsay my final said, the stars. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. My final fun things on the interwebs was uh, the Atlanta Thrashers. Long live the Atlanta Thrashers! They still have a Twitter account that's active. And it's funny. And they tweeted out. Uh, they tweeted out a logo of the Stanley Cup playoffs with the Thrashers logo, and all they said was "because it's the cup." <laughs> That's great. And they got they got over four thousand five hundred likes as of when I screenshotted that. I'm sure it's way higher by now. But um, yeah, that's a really funny account. They share things yeah. all the time, like they're a real team, like they're still yep. a team. Yeah, it's great. I follow them for sure. It, I kind of wish they'd bring the Atlanta Thrashers back. I, I think they'd do better if they brought that team back. Like I, I really never did Arizona. research on why I never <laughs> did research on why that team never lasted down there. But um, I don't know about the attendance numbers. I, I'd be interested to see if they just weren't getting the attendance. But um, I don't know. Geog- geographically speaking, I mean, Atlanta's a huge market. I mean, they have been accused of not support. They have been accused of not supporting their professional teams in the past. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, gentlemen. Seems awfully, awfully close to uh, Florida and with two teams, and then Nashville. <clears throat> All right, this um, has been episode one twenty six of Catfish on Ice. We're about to send you over to our segment with Tell It As It Is podcast, who covers the Colorado Avalanche. With Griffin and Christian, we had a great conversation with them, fully breaking down this series from their perspective as Avalanche uh, fans and our perspective. But before we get to that and get you to that, let's go around one last time, give our final thoughts on this series. We'll go to Rich, Kyle, and then I'll close it out, and then we'll get you to the Tell It As It Is podcast. Um, Yeah, just I really hope that that they can support Riddick. Um, I think that's the key to the, to the whole thing. Uh, support him, keep the puck out of the net, out of his net, protect it at all costs and play your game and don't get caught up trying to outskate uh, McKinnon and McCarr and those guys. Well, they always say you need to dance with the one you brung. So <laughs> they need to go in there and play hard, heavy hockey, knock a few teeth out. And they might have a shot at it. Love it. I like it. All right. Well, guys, I'm wearing my uh, 2017 
Conference Champs 2017. I wore it for good luck tonight. I really, I actually never wear this hat. It's like doesn't even fit very well. It usually just hangs up. But I wore it tonight because I got to juice up some magic here. Um, no pun intended. Yes. Talking about juice. But we're gonna, we got to juice up some magic. So um, I think what it comes down to is can the Preds prove to everyone um, Kyle, I'm about to give you a word that you hate. Identity. Can they <laughs> identity? Can they play to that word? Um, I think that when John Hines goes to bed every night, that he just he says identity like 200 times. In the mirror, he looks he falls asleep. He looks in the mirror. And no, when he lays his head down. No, when he lays his head He's down. He's got one of those says, old identity. school. He's got one of those old school cassette players in the, oh, yeah. the headset with the, like the fuzzy ear cups on it. Yeah. And he's like, and it's, it's saying in no. real low tones, it's like, you can play to your identity. That's all it says. You can play to your identity. Alright, no, 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 really, for real, I think the Preds are going to make this interesting only because uh, Kool-Aid Man is going to randomly start game three and carry us to game seven and we're going to win this series. I saw that as well. Yeah. Cooley Maine is going to be our starting goal today. All right. That's all we got for you. We will see you to react to the first two games of the series. So stay tuned for Thursday. We will have plenty to talk about. And also stay tuned with our discussion with Talladasity's podcast. This is episode 126 of Catfish on Ice, brought to you by DraftKings with Chad Minton, Rich Out, and Kyle Perkins. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We will see you later this week. All right, and we are joined by the Catfish on Ice podcast, Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. Join us once again for the second time in podcast history. We've come a long way (laughs) since our first interview back before the beginning of the regular season. And I don't think either of us really saw this coming where we were going to meet in the playoffs. How about you guys? Not at all. Not uh, in a million years. <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely not if you would have asked us this like 48 hours ago, maybe. Or even <laughs> like, even like, well, what's today, Sunday? Yeah, 48 hours ago at this time, we didn't see this coming. No, we thought no. we were playing the Calgary Flames for sure. And we wanted, me and Griffin were talking, we wanted a Calgary Flames National Series. You guys play oh. such great games, and yeah, that's brutal. what we wanted. Yeah, yeah, that last meetup, the uh, matchup between those two was brutal. Lots of hits, fights, the whole nine yards. So, I guess I'll start. You guys are a little bit more in tune with the national. What's the word on UC Soros? Is he going to be able to come back this series, or are they keeping it pretty, pretty no. mum? Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's no way UC Soros is going to be ready for the Avalanche series. Um, it's a high ankle sprain is what's being reported. And that's like a pain tolerance thing a lot of, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but, um, I I can't see a scenario where you force out your young franchise goaltender, which you could risk doing further damage possibly, or, I mean, they are keeping it, keeping it a hush hush, but, um, a to Z sports, which is a local, uh, outlet out here that does a great job. I want to give them a lot of credit for this report. Um, they, they basically said four to six weeks is what their source wow. said, but it, when it, when it comes to a high ankle sprain, I mean, that could be like shortened out to two weeks, but even then 
yeah he's not going to be ready for the avalanche series at all mm-hmm. like no that is yeah. that's brutal news how confident are you guys in david riddick <laughs> rich how about you filled that one first well now? <clears throat> When, when we think about matching up against the Avalanche, if there wasn't really a snowball's chance with UC Soros, <laughs> does that kind of give you an answer? Fair. <laughs> um, fair. That was no, a I cutting, will, will... cutting edge analysis from my co-host. <laughs> exactly. Out there. exactly. You're not going to get that analysis no. anywhere else. No. Um, actually, he, he played really well once he settled in when they did play the Avalanche. Um, he made some big saves. He obviously did well in the, in the uh, shootout. But as a long-term um, solution, just I, I just don't I don't I don't know I don't know he he needs to prove us wrong I guess is what I'll have to say so um, we'll see and then uh, the the other um, goaltender Connor Ingram played against Arizona with not stellar uh, results in that game either so it's a yeah. little iffy right now truthfully so yeah guys first of all. Thank you so much for having us, uh, yes, Griffin and much. Christian. Uh, it's great to get back with you guys, and it's going to be a fun playoff series either way. I uh, am hoping it can go go a long ways at mm-hmm. the very least, and it's not one of those series that's just like a waste of a series and it's not exciting. But I will say, in terms of your question you just asked us, uh, here's the deal. I really, going into the Arizona game, before that whole debacle happened, I was really hoping that Connor Ingram, who Rich just mentioned, who is basically our next in line backup to UC Soros, basically. Yep. Uh, David Riddick, unfortunately, and this is no knock on David Riddick, I, I actually have a lot of respect for Riddick. He's yes. a class act, 100%. He's a journeyman goaltender. I think that he could be a starter for a lot of teams in this league, actually, but. He, he doesn't fit the long-term future of this team at all. And uh, Connor Ingram's next in line. So in this Arizona game, uh, the, to wrap up the season, the playoffs were already wrapped up. I was hoping to see Connor Ingram show us something, mm-hmm. you know, kind of show that he's ready for the uh, limelight. He's only got three NHL starts in his career, but he has been so great in, in the AHL in the last couple of years. So it's like he's next up in line. And um, he just didn't look comfortable. He just didn't. Mm-hmm. He uh, he let some goals by that you would think he could maybe st- have stopped. Whereas David Riddick has at least shown us that he can pile up right. the saves and go through it. And so I would be completely shocked if he is not yeah, a starter in game one on Tuesday. Yeah. And to kind of tag on to what Chad said, I was a little unfair to Dave Riddick there. He's a He's a great <laughs> goaltender. He just doesn't get many – didn't get many starts in the season. They were, you know, riding Soros as long as they could. And we don't know if that's what caused the injury or if it was something, you know, that popped up because of that. But it's really not Riddick's fault. Like, once he settles in, he plays really well. It's just you can't, you know, ask a goaltender to not play for a month and then come in, you know, and, and just exactly. take over. So, yeah. it's it's tough. But um, – there's always that it's a steep that drop off from UC Soros to David Riddick, and that's nothing against David Riddick. UC Soros is a Griffin. Would you agree a top five goaltender in this league? Definitely, I would say Soros is at least very close to a top yeah. five goalie in the league, considering how he played last year and considering how he played most of this season. I'd say leading up to April, where his numbers started to dip a little bit, he's consistently been one of the more valuable goalies in the NHL. If you dig into some of the more advanced numbers, they would have him 
just behind Igor Shesterkin in terms of, of, of a goalie who would be stealing games the most often. And uh, just continuing on some of your guys' points, I can't help but feel a little disappointed that he's not going to be in this series mm-hmm. as, as much as I am an abs fan and want to see them win and win all 16 games without losing one. Of course. Yeah. And losing Soros, I feel like kind of takes something out of this series and it's it not, and that's not to be disrespectful at all to the predators yeah. or to Dave Rich. It's just that Darcy Kemper since January has consistently been a top five goalie in the league. And I feel like him and Soros would have been a very interesting mm-hmm. goalie duel. And it's just disappointing that if, what you're saying is true. It's a high ankle sprain and that the earliest he's not going to be ready for Colorado. That's, that's, There's that's no way. I just don't see it yeah. happening. And yeah, even if you either. throw him out there, I mean, is he going to be his 100% self? Probably not. And, and then uh, you're talking about the goaltender matchup that we're missing out on. At least we have Cal McCarr versus Roman Yossi. Yes. We do have that. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I've... this Norris Trophy debate, is, I mean, people get fired up over this on, oh, yes, on, on social media. Both Preds fans and Avs fans are both guilty of it. They get a little too emotional over it. 1,000%. Uh, and our fans are just as guilty of it. I, I'm oh, not yeah. just saying Avs fans feel this way. It's both fan bases. It's a For very sure. coveted trophy. It's a very respected trophy. I will say this before we – because I, I want to see if you – I obviously want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. Um I actually think that Roman Yossi has a better case for the Hart Trophy than he does the Norris Trophy. Spot on. Dead on. Dead on. on. That has been my argument the entire time. That's yeah, a, I completely right. agree with you. All right. So, guys, kind of give me your Cal McCarr, because I think Cal McCarr is, honestly, really. Roman Yossi 2.0, uh, but he plays better defense. His metrics Gr- are a little bit better. Yeah, but Griffin, you go first. He, he plays a lot like Roman Yossi. His offensive skill set is – very similar mm-hmm. to Roman Yossi. So, yeah, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. My whole take on the, the Kale McCarr versus Roman Yossi for the Norris debate is that Kale McCarr has been more impactful on both ends of the ice, but Yossi has, has been more impactful in the offensive zone, and mm-hmm. Kale has him beat defensively. But I just don't think that Yossi is that much better than him offensively to make up the difference that Kale plays in the defensive zone. But I totally agree with you that if I were to put either of them on a hard ballot, I would have Yossi ahead of Makar because of the team that Yossi is on. There are less stars on the Preds than the Avs. Makar has Devon Tays next to him. But the thing is, is that I hear that argument a lot when we're talking about the Norris. And the Norris is not the most valuable defenseman. It's the best defenseman. And right. Without Roman Yossi, I don't think the Predators make the playoffs. And without Kale McCarr, I think the Avalanche do still make the playoffs. But at the same time, Kale McCarr has been the better all-around defenseman, almost hit 30 goals and finished 10 points behind Yossi, considering it all. And really, the more I dug into the analytics side of it, Kale McCarr had an edge just about everywhere. And it shouldn't be just about who scores the most points. Like, that's dumb. Right. If we're going to do that, then why, why do we even have an award? Right. There should like, be a whole separate award for that. I don't yes. think Roman Yossi should be walking away from this season empty-handed. He should be getting an award for scoring yeah. 95, 96 points, the first guy since Housley to do that. Yeah. It, it's, well, it, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, Christian. Yeah. Okay. Um, my thing with it, 
I, I echo a lot of the same points Griffin did. Um, I do think Yossi should be a top three finisher in the Hart Trophy. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think he should be. Uh, but when you look at the impact Kale McCarr has on both ends of the ice, he, he's the best defenseman in the NHL right now. Um, my thing too, I kind of relate it back, uh, Devon Taves for the Carlisle Avalanche. He may not be our best defenseman, but he's our most valuable defenseman. We've seen what that team is without him. Um, I kind of think the same way it is with Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi may not be the best defenseman in the league, but he's the most important defenseman in the league. And the most valuable, in my opinion. Makes sense. Yeah. It's and it's a crowded award. I mean, we were talking about a heart trophy. Right. As long as you have Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, yeah. and you're even getting Igor Shesterkin thrown out there as is a worthy heart trophy, which you don't see that happen very often for goaltenders. So it's like it's a crowded race. I mean, right, <laughs> so I mean, I don't expect Roman Yossi to even finish top three in the heart trophy. And I mean, he might win the Norris. We'll have to, that's going to be an interesting voting mm-hmm. scenario there. Uh, we're going to have to watch it here. But if, if Cal McCarr gets it over Roman Yossi, I'm not going to be flipping out over it at all, even though there will be a lot of Predators fans who will be upset for <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. So get ready for it, guys. Oh, but, we're um, fully prepared. We're fully I'm, prepared. I'm, I'm, prepared yeah. I'm prepared for Yossi to win it, honestly. Bring your notes. Just the, but, the hype but, I've seen from the media surrounding, like, oh, I just have Yossi ahead of him. I believe Yossi is going to win it. We'll see what happens. I'm, I don't I know. Don't get a vote, so yeah. yeah, we don't get votes, but maybe one. Unfortunately, day. none of us do. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I I don't like the fact that I don't want it to be just which defenseman scored the most points. I don't want that at all. But should, uh, it's it makes for an interesting debate. It's a good storyline for this series. For sure. It's a great storyline. <laughs> I think there needs to be like an Art Ross Trophy, except for defensemen. Yeah, yeah like just, a, like a Bobby Orr Trophy. Yeah. Call it the yeah. call it the Bobby Orr Award or like the Paul Coffey. Oh. Give, give it something like that. Like yeah. it, it's it's such a simple fix, um, but it's good to. I agree with you. There are so many fans on both sides who are just so passionate about it that it's good to sit down like the four of us and just have a rational conversation yeah. about it because we right. both all know that Twitter is just a sinkhole yeah. of toxicity most of the time. It is <laughs> but, um, for sure. It's good to actually sit down and talk people because I completely agree with everything you guys just said completely agree. well and especially considering this game has changed so much i mean like defensemen mm-hmm. you're gonna see more hybrid defensemen evolving into this game as it goes i mean it's it's just not the same game it was 10 20 years ago when it comes to to what the defenseman has in their role and roman yossi is just at the top of that category i think that's fair to say i think he is he is absolutely com- completely a hybrid defenseman. He's defenseman by name only, but he is for sure. I mean, he does not play like any other position that anyone else plays. He like he has his own position basically. I mean, he has to force so much of the Preds' offensive attack almost every time he's out there, and that's what makes him more of a Hart Trophy finalist than a Norris Trophy finalist. Is that he literally has to be the engine of this team manufacturing goals. And that's why he has so many points this season is because he is at the center of everything this team does when they score goals. And I mean, you see it in his time on ice, you know, he's usually over Mm -hmm. 25 minutes time on ice. And it's just, I mean, he, and like you said, if you take him off this team, this team is not a playoff team. No, They're, They're right down there with Arizona and they're definitely in the lottery, and they have a good chance at the first pick. I mean, that's how bad they would be without Roman Yossi on this team. Yeah, I really like that idea for the Bobby Orr Award. That's a you should uh, contact the NHL and let them. Yeah, know. I patent that uh, yeah, NHL. For sure. 
copyright right now. The NHL, would never, the NHL would never do it. It's too smart for them. They, oh, like, yeah, they love right. these debates that just get everybody upset. Yep. Sense more- oh, wait, wait, wait. If we're going to make fun of the league right now, are you talking about the same league that made their uh, Stanley Cup playoffs logo look like the L.A. Kings logo? Yeah, I, saw, I noticed that too. Like, For go sure. back to what it was. Like, I, I remember in the early, <laughs> the late 90s, early 2000s, I remember the logos being cool. This one's just, I think all logos in professional sports have just gotten lame. I think it's like, like they went to the cubicles somewhere and they were like, hey, I need this quick. Like, I need this by the end of the day. I need a Stanley Cup 2022 playoff logo. Yeah. And someone went into their uh, documents folder and they were like, uh, what does, what does, Delete LA Kings out of their logo and we'll put Stanley Cup playoffs. That looks good. Or they, they picked the they picked the intern to do it who's a Kings fan. He just yeah, looked up in his too. cubicle. Actually, that's he looks probably, up in his cubicle yeah. and sees a Kings, big fat <laughs> Kings flag or something. And he's like, hmm. I don't know. It was pretty lame, but it's okay. It's just a logo. Yeah, right. See, just, I had I had no problem with it. But now now that I'm looking at it again, now that you've pointed out it looks mm-hmm. like the Kings logo, I can't unsee it. Yep. Sure. That's, that's, now all, that's all I see is just hey, it's the, a done deal. It's a done deal. Kings are winning the cup. We know it now. <laughs> conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists are going to come out in droves over that. I would love sure. it. Um, I I'm kind of getting the feeling from you guys. You, you don't give the Preds much of a chance in this series. Mm-hmm. If the Preds win this series, who has to be the best player for the Preds? That's a good question. Good wow, question. what a question. Rich, you filled that one first. Um man. You're you're gonna you're gonna obviously need your Forsbergs, Duchesne. Wait, you only get to pick two. one, Rich. I only get to pick one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the, only that's to pick the one. point of the question. Okay, then uh, David Riddick's gonna have to stand on his head. Oh, okay, fair. Well, we'll, All right. well, if I can only pick one, that's what it's gonna be right there. Okay, for yeah. for me, Griffin, you can go for the Abs too. But for me, my most important player for the Abs, if they're gonna have success in this series and the series going on, it's not some Kadri. If Kadri can play every single game in the playoffs, he's sick right now. Um, he missed practice today, which is kind of a big deal. Um, if Nazem Kadri can stay healthy and continue to play the way he's played during the regular season, I don't see very many teams stopping this Avalanche team. Mm-hmm. That's a good good pick for sure. And Griffin, I, I would, who you got? I would say I'm going to take the cop-out answer and say Darcy Kemper. Your goaltender yeah. is always going to yeah. be the most important player in yeah. every series. If, if, if Darcy Kemper plays the way he did in the first half of April, where he's a 950 on 50 oh, shots gosh. against yeah. the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, come on now. Yeah, yeah. if he does that, it's over. Yeah, then there's no sweep. question this team wins. If he is the last half version of Darcy Kemper, I still think they win this series but it does open the door. I don't think that's what Darcy Kemper is going to be in this series, but it has caused at least some concern in certain avalanche circles that maybe Darcy is stepping back a little bit. I don't believe that Mm. to be the case, Mm. but Kemper is going to be the most important guy for an actual answer. I'm going to say Gabe Landeskog. He's missed Mm. the last month and a half. He can come back and give this team a massive emotional sure, boost absolutely. and help out a dying power play. They desperately right. need some goals there. That's good. Yeah. Chad, who you got for the prize? All right, so I got a 1A and a 1B, but I will pick one of these. All right, so my 1A is Phil Forsberg. My 1B is Matt Deshane. They're tied at the hip all season. They've both been battling each other to see who can break the franchise single-season goal record, and Matt Deshane actually got it before Philip Forsberg. No one saw that coming, but um, I'm actually going to go with Philip Forsberg over Matt Duchesne only because Forsberg's going into a contract situation that a lot of people know about, and uh, it's made quite the stirrup 
in Nashville. And um, I want to see if Forsberg's ready to um, really put himself in elite status. Can he really take over this series as an elite forward like your Nathan McKinnons can do? Like your, uh, you know, like all these other elite forwards that are in the league. Can Philip Forsberg finally show? We know he has the talent. We know he has the skill set. Can he do it where the chips matter in the playoff stage against the Colorado Avalanche? So I'm going to throw Philip Forsberg out there. Fair. I, I think all of them, like the storyline with Matt Duchesne coming back is hilarious to me. I never understood Av's hatred towards <laughs> Matt Duchesne. Like he literally gave us where we are now. because he Hey, man, Christian, we've talked about this on our show yes. before, like how polarizing Matt Duchesne has been for every fan base he's played for. I mean, Even I mean ours. He's, he's been accused of being a no-show, being streaky, being a quitter, being uh, he'll he won't show up in the moments that matter. He's disengaged. You hear all these things about mm-hmm. Matthew Shane, and he has completely shut all those people up this year. He's yeah. been great. I mean, I loved him when he was in Colorado. I named my dog after him. My dog's name is Duchesne. Oh, so I love that. Yeah, awesome. I've always I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Matthew Shane, and it's it's one of those things where it, it wasn't working here in Colorado. We got a ransom for him i mean we got samuel gerard and bo byron because of trading matt duchene like it's it's one of those things where it's like we should be kind of thankful that he demanded this trade and joe sackick made this great trade um i've never understood the hatred for him but uh i can't imagine what's going to be like games one and two in colorado when he be weird to for him. he's gonna get booed like crazy i know and, but I, and i don't blame the fans for it either i really don't blame him i don't blame him either but i've just never understood it um well, but I'm, i will say I will say Matt Duchesne has a superpower when he gets booed in Colorado. He scores every single time he comes to Colorado, yeah. every single time, without fail. Well, yeah. I will say that even Preds fans, like we, we've only now seen the fruits of, of the contract of him coming to Nashville to begin with this year. Like he, he just did a complete turnaround. Like everybody – like he went from – we talked about it on our last podcast. He went from all the fans wanting Seattle to take him to now – He's their darling. Everybody loves now, him. Now he's the – he went from being unprotected in the expansion draft Absolutely. to the next season breaking the – se- he, he yeah. was unprotected by his own team and then turned that around and became Absolutely. the single-season franchise goal record. Can you talk about a more OG move than that? Yeah. I totally forgot that <laughs> yeah. Nashville left him unprotected. He was unprotected. Did they leave Johansson unprotected too? But, yeah. Yeah. They yep. were begging. Oh, so they many. were begging somebody to take those two contracts off the books for them, and yep. nobody took them. But also, they protected Philippe Myers, who they got through the Ryan Ellis trade. Yep. They protected him, and Philippe Myers has no impact on this team. He's not even playing for this team right now. Isn't he on the Marlies? Yeah, I mean, he's like literally he been, he's been. Yeah, he's been loaned out. Like that's who they protected over Matt Duchesne. They did. <laughs> Yeah, is that not crazy? And then they yeah. also – they did protect Tanner Janot, which was a really smart decision. Yeah, very smart. When you look back on it. But, yeah, they – I mean, it worked out in their favor because no one t- no one took those players. But Ryan Johansson just yeah. – let's talk about him. He has scored the third most goals in his career and the most goals he's ever scored since coming to the Predators. So, he has also been a player who has been on my – I mean, I have criticized Ryan Johansson so much, and I am always going to call it like it is and give credit where credit's due. He's proven me wrong. He really has stepped up. So he's another low-key X factor 
in this series for me. He's got 26 goals on the season. He's never been a goal scorer for this team. And now all of a sudden he's scoring goals. He's, he's scoring goals. So you're talking about the Az and the Preds who both have top 10 power plays. They're in the top half of the league in goals per game. So you're expecting a high-scoring series, maybe. I definitely think the Avs are going to score plenty of goals. The key is, can the Preds turn this into a, a track meet? And they, can they hang with the Avs right. on the scoreboard? Can they win a game 5-4? to four? Can they win a game 6-5? to five? Can they take one of these games to overtime or double overtime and win a game 6-5? to Because the Avs are going to get their goals. The Avs yes. are going to get their goals. They're going to score four to five goals a game. Can the Preds hang with that? That's the question. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree with that. I For me, when it comes to this series, tell me where you're at with the Preds. I feel like the Preds are a very undisciplined team and take a ton of penalties. Oh yeah. Yes. Where, oh man, that's 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 the the topic of conversation every game. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm concerned about that. Um I they took what was in that game on Thursday? They took what eight eight penalties? Yeah. Eight yeah, penalties? Something like that. Something like that. Do you that's think the they can do you think they can flip that going into the playoffs or are we going to have another series where it's a ton of power plays, it's a ton of um it, it, you're going to need your PK to be strong. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'll start first, and we'll go to Rich. Yeah, go All right. Um, I, I mean, we've actually said this since we were going into the season back in September. Um, we felt like this was going to be a team that was going to commit a lot of penalties, that wasn't going to be able to change the way they played. And it's kind of came true. It's kind of made us look a little smart at least. We're not <laughs> – a lot of our predictions have been wrong this year, but we right. did get that one right. Um, unfortunately – this is who they are. I don't know how they're going to change it, and it doesn't make it any easier going up against a speed team like the Avs. Yep. That they just don't match up. This is why we wanted to play the Flames over the Avalanche. It's not because there's any disrespect to the Flames. The Flames are a great team, but they're a different type of great team than yep. what the Avs are, in my opinion. So I thought that the Preds matched up much better against a physical Flames team mm -hmm. than they're going to match up against a speed, offensively heavy Avs team that's going to skate circles through them. And then also, when the, when the Preds do want to make their – uh, their moves defensively, they're going to have to commit penalties. They're going to make those sloppy penalties, whether it's hooks or tripping penalties. They're going to get lazy penalties. And it's going to be a, a parade to the penalty box. And I just don't like David Riddick's chances having to go up against a abs power play four or five times a game. That's just right. – I'm sorry. That just doesn't give me a lot of confidence. Yeah, same. Two points about that real fast. So when the Predators um, – take on a fast skating team like Colorado, they try to mold their game to play more like, uh, like the, that team. When they play a team like Calgary, they, they try to play uh, a harder hitting uh, uh, style of play. Instead of playing their game, they, they kind of play to whoever they're, they're, they try to match whoever they're playing. And that usually doesn't work well for them at all. They just don't play. If they just stick to their game, they, they definitely have a better chance. The thing about the penalties is when they don't commit penalties and don't play their game, they lose games. When they play their game and they commit a whole bunch of penalties, 
it cost them as well. They can't, they've never this season, only a handful of times that I can remember have been able to um, find a good middle ground and, and they just have a hard time. It's one or the other with those guys. And there's certain teams, there's certain teams they match up well against where yes. their style of play, they can get away with the penalties. They can get away with all that yep. stuff and they'll be fine. It's not going to work against the avalanche. No. And that's why this matchup, scares the death out of me and it's not and yeah I, there's some Preds fans who have a lot of hope right now and they're like well they're looking at the season series and they're like okay yeah um the, the Preds has the Preds has some success yeah you're talking about the COVID game where both teams were missing a lot of players you've got one game to hang your hat on in this season series where I'm like okay maybe this series can be interesting and that was the game where it went to overtime and the Preds won, I think, five to four. Five to four, and this was in January. It was a very hard-fought game. It felt like yeah. a playoff game in January. That was the game where I believe Mark Borowiecki got knocked to the ice and the and, and mm-hmm. everyone got upset because the play continued and yeah. he was laying on the ice brought out. Am I right, Rich, on that? That is it. Yep, that's yeah. Terrible. I mean, other than that, every other game, like – this last game this past week, the second to last game of the season, yeah, it was a good win. It was thrilling that they came yes, back and, and so. won. But I, I'm sorry, like, you're not going to get me too excited about that win. I mean, the Avalanche were on cruise control. Am I fair to say that, guys? I want to ask yeah. Christian and Griffin that. Yes, they, we, they were absolutely on cruise control at yeah, that point. So, and, I mean, it's, and Bednar came out and said after the game that they the Avs probably would have won that game if Kemper played a little better. And that's fair. With all of that. That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's one game that Preds fans can hang their hat on in the season series where it's like, okay, we showed, yes, in a real game that where everything matters, we did hang with them. But that's just one game. You have to win four out of seven, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah. I, don't I, know. I think the point you're saying in that game, too, in January, UC Saros was in goal. Like, it, that's, that's, that's the big point. thing to me. Yep. And in both games where David Riddick's played, there was that one back in November where I think we beat the Preds 6-2, if I remember six two, right. Yeah. And yep. then in this past game on Thursday, yeah, the Avs kind of went on cru- – they've been in cruise control for the past month, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not worried that the Avs will be able to turn – flip the switch because they've shown that they can flip the switch. Um, but I, I don't think you guys are giving the Preds enough credit for where they're at. <laughs> you guys watch them a lot more. I think this is going to be a very hard-thought hard series. I see this going six. I think the oh, Avs no. win this at six. Just because I the Preds play that type of game. It's very physical. They're going to grind. Um, it's really going to come down to how good is Darcy Kemper and how many saves can David Riddick make? I, I just think Nashville has been a kind of a, a tough place for the abs to play for the past, however many years. Uh, I, I think if we can get a split in three and four, I'd be feeling pretty good, but I, I do see this going six. I don't think this is going to be a sweep or even a gentleman's. Well, I, I let's, think this uh, let's see whose power play performs better. Cause you, like yeah. you said, two, two mm-hmm. top 10 power plays here. And I do think – I mean, I know it's the playoffs, and they always say, like, not as many penalties are, are called in the playoffs. They let them play a lot more. But um, I still think just with the Preds and their reputation, the way they play, there's going to be some penalties called. Maybe they draw the Avs into their uh, trap and the Avs commit a couple penalties because they get caught up in all that mess, which is probably what the Preds want, honestly. And uh, you can see which power play is more clutch. Yeah. Maybe I could see that is maybe – as a way that the Preds could maybe tip it into their favor. 
if Soros was playing in this series, I would be right on board and I would say this could go six or seven. I would even maybe stretch it out to it could go seven. But even mm-hmm. if Soros was playing, I would still say the Avs would win this series. Without Soros and Ned, I'm sorry. I, I my my official prediction on the episode on our last episode was as in five. And yep. I'm normally a very optimistic co- person of this team, but I got to be objective here. I can't be the fan that just yep. wants them to do all these great things. I got to be honest with myself. And so I think it's going to be five. I think it's going to be too much. Whereas I actually gave the Preds a decent chance to upset the flames just I based on that. matchup appearance. Yeah, I, I just I think it's a, it is a horrible matchup problem for the Preds in this series. I will say this. And I, one of our listeners, uh, Daniel, and I, I don't have his full Twitter handle, but, um, he uh, he get, sent us something on on our, our on Twitter uh, saying basically the path to the cup if the Preds could somehow pull off a crazy upset is favor favorable to them yeah. if they can make it to the next round. So we'll see. Yep. Coolio, well, we're coming up on on time here. Um, Griffin, do you have anything last parting words of wisdom? Yeah, I mean, if there was if there's one player on Nashville that Avs fans maybe don't know about that they might know at the end of the series, who do you think that would be? That's a great question. Let's 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 make it quick. I'll say mine, and then Rich will say his. Uh, Avs fans that a player they don't know that they need to know. I mean, I, hopefully they know Tanner Janot by now. But I'm going to go Philip Tomasino. Fair. I like that just, pick. Just because he's a very young up, unless you're following the Preds prospects, and not every fan has time to f- follow every other team's prospects, then you probably don't know about Philip Thomasino. So yeah. I am going to go with Philip Thomasino. Yeah, and I would say obviously Tanner Janot. I think they know him though. Um, we're getting. I think we should be getting uh, Jeremy Lazan back on defense, which he, that's a good addition for them. He's a tough player, that's so a good one too. hopefully he'll uh, hopefully he'll uh, have a good showing. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for coming on and joining us. Oh, we appreciate uh, it. I'm really looking forward to this series, and uh, I think it's going to be a little closer hey, than you guys are giving credit for. Hey, let's get you guys to join us uh, midway through the series. How about that? Deal. Yeah, like a plan. We're in. Let's, let's make it happen later this week. We'll get you guys to join us. Sounds Absolutely. good. So thank you so Thanks, much, guys. Gad and Rich, for coming on, and we'll see you guys pretty soon. Thanks. All right. Take care. Appreciate, appreciate it. it.